Welcome to another episode of the Fire at Monk podcast. Uh, I'm here in the boardroom with... Uh, in the boardroom. Yeah. With uh, our co-host with the most, Aaron Porter. I, I just so love that we can actually be in the same physical space. I'm just glad that I'm getting used to it. Yeah. The first time we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're awkward. Yeah. Uh, some of our guests are still remote. Today's a guest will be remote, uh-huh. but but uh, but I can touch your knee from here. <laughs> oh, I was trying not to mention it or hoping that no one would hear the quavering in my voice. Well, I got to tell you, man, you have messed with my head in a wonderful way with that book you slid across the table to me a few days ago. All right, tell me more. Yeah. Now, I'm only partway through it, but I'm so sold on the book that I already ordered my own copy. I'm not going to give you yours back until uh, my copy arrives. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, but you prefaced it good. The book is uh, is called uh, Beyond Addiction, mm-hmm. uh, How Science and Kindness, What what is... What's the rest? Oh, I should have the rest of the yeah, subtitle. Yeah, I'm just amazed you remember that. Is it in your backpack right there? Uh, I don't think it is. Okay. Yeah, but... Uh, you can Google it based on just what you said. It'll yeah, definitely yeah, come yeah, up. Yeah, okay, okay. But you told me this is really... This had been a kind of a, a, a paradigm shifter for you, and you said it's a book written very much for the family of the addict, the, mm-hmm. those surrounding the addict yeah. who are in distress over the addict's behavior and don't know how best to help him or her. Yeah, and especially they they touch on themes for those that have watched uh, movies or reality shows where it's like how to con- you know they're confronting. It's yeah, all about it's all drama. about confrontation. And and this book just tears that apart and shows statistically why. Uh, by the way, that's not going to work very well. <laughs> so yes. here's what will work. Yeah, a- and. Well, I mean, I don't know what question you're asking at this point, but I I will say it breaks down some paradigms, but it's also scary Mm -hmm. because it asks for compassion and love. Yeah. And compassion and love means empathizing. Yeah. To to take a step into what the other person's going through, not because you're justifying it. And this is what we talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get so frustrated when I feel like I can't say certain things because the next response will be, oh, you're justifying that wasn't wrong. And these are obviously wrong behaviors. Right, 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 right. So what, as far as if I want to take a step forward, I need to know how to engage in a way that opens up good motivation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyways, keep going with what you were going to say. I don't know what Yeah, yeah. Say. I mean, so many good points made just in the opening chapters of this book. How, you know, the behavior of addicts is crazy. Uh, and so their reasoning can be warped, but they do have reasons for what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it is helpful for the addict and for those in relationship with the addict to understand what those reasons are. What's the motivation? Yes. And a little bit of empath- empathy rather than a withdrawal of any kind of contact or approval. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, they do a good job, I think, of undermining the I- the idea that if the uh, addict isn't right now showing a motivation to change, that then they're just not ready, and you've got to back off and not engage right. with them right. until they're ready. Yeah, the idea that I need to withhold love yes. until you're ready to change. Uh, 
there are specifics to that, which mm-hmm. means maybe if I'm writing 500 bucks a month in checks to you yeah, because you won't do what you're responsible to do, that's not, quote, love that's helpful. Right. But that doesn't mean uh, withholding love. Yes. So that's an important distinction. Yes. That tough love is not always the appropriate love. Yes. Um, I was going to say something else, but I forgot. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it makes me wonder whether this book might really be helpful to those of our listeners who uh, are married to an addict mm-hmm. or are parent to an addict that they're very Oh my gosh, about. I've recommended this so much the last four months. Really? Yeah. Okay, and look, we got a fun, uh, and I'm going to do this on positive sobriety too. We're going to work. We're going to make a connection with uh, that's multiple authors in that book. Yeah. We're got to get some of those people in a room with us and ask them some questions. Yeah, I, I think it's great. Uh, it, it, I just want to emphasize, it it takes so much more courage yeah. in many ways to take the path of love, mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of wisdom. Because love can be misunderstood as enabling. It's yeah. not the same thing. Right, yeah. Um, but I, I think uh, we're going to have, our guest is going to talk about that some today. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I love the fact that our guest is a very much aware of the fact that although he works with addicts, most of those addicts are in some kind of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that person who is tied to the addict is hurting too and needs help and instruction and support as well. And so so uh, Michael and his wife are doing, I think, some pioneering, wonderful pioneering work in that direction. But before that, should we go to another mini-meeting? Mini you betcha. I've heard some, I have heard some great feedback from last week's episode. I think maybe this new format where we include a, a mini-meeting at the top of the show is, uh, is going to work out well. I think people are helped by it. So... Why not? Let's bring in some guys from virtual meetings. This is going to be the same cast of characters who were in last week. A uh, kooky cast of characters. Yeah. For another mini-meeting. Welcome to this meeting of the Samson Society. We are a company of Christian men. We are also natural owners. We recognize the dangers of isolation and are determined to escape them. Natural wanderers who are finding spiritual peace and prosperity at home. Natural liars who are now finding freedom in the truth. Natural judges who are learning how to judge ourselves aright. Natural strong men who are experiencing God's strength as we admit our weakness. As Christians, we meet at other times for worship, for teaching, and for corporate prayer. Today, however, we meet to talk. Our purpose is to assist one another in our common journey. We do so by sharing honestly out of our own personal experience, the challenges and encouragements of daily Christian living in a fallen world. Our faith rests in the love of God and it is revealed in his word as it is revealed in his word and in the life of his son. This is the great fact of the gospel, which is the foundation of our charter. We have now reached the sharing portion of our meeting. In sharing, we speak honestly out of our own experience. We tell the truth about ourselves knowing that our brothers will listen to us in love and will hold whatever we say in strict confidence. confidence. We try to keep our comments brief, taking care to leave plenty of time for others. We address our statements to the group as a whole and avoid directing them toward any one person. As a rule, we refrain from giving advice to others 
or instructing them during the meeting, believing that such conversations are best reserved for private moments between friends. Today's topic for this discussion is openness. I'm Lonnie. Hey, Lonnie. Hey, Lonnie. Hey, Lonnie. Um, openness. That is really uh, an awesome topic. I uh, I have spent my adult life uh, being everything but open, uh, and I have expended an awful lot of energy being secretive and high, uh, and it's exhausting. Uh, always uh, looking over your shoulder, uh, always thinking, hey, uh, it's the day, the day I get busted. And uh, when I first uh, became uh, involved in Samson, I didn't come to Samson because I got caught. Uh, I, I, I honestly uh, woke up one morning uh, just basically sick of my life. And as God would have it, he would, he would introduce me to within the, within just a few hours that morning, uh, literally led me to Samson and, uh, a very interesting white chair story. And, uh, that really began a new, uh, a new level of openness for me that I had never experienced before. I remember very clearly I'd set up a newcomers meeting for Samson, uh, and uh, that was going to be on a Sunday morning. And so Sunday morning, I got up and I went to my wife and said, uh, by the way, I'm, I'm not going to church with y'all today. I've got a different meeting I'm going to. And of course, I was just waiting for them to leave the house so I could actually not leave, but just log into a, to a meeting. And uh, we had a flood here and our church was canceled and nobody was going anywhere. So I scurried away from home, but that started a path of openness with my wife uh, that God literally uh, held my feet to the fire for several weeks. Uh, I would go to, I started out as, with uh, in-person meetings uh, for, for several weeks. I was going to in-person meetings and God would speak to my heart about something and I would go home and I started this ritual at home. Uh, my wife's got a computer desk and she sits there an awful lot and I would go grab a folding black chair and I would open it up and sit down beside her and I said, you got time to talk. And after really a couple of times of that, she would begin to take a deep breath. Oh no, what's he about to tell me now? Uh, but it was very, uh, 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 very big deal in my recovery and everything that God was pressing on me to be open about wasn't necessarily about, you know, my sexual improprieties. There was financial issues in our home. There was all kinds of issues and I'd have to open up that chair and say, Hey, I need to tell you something. Um, my wife did not believe anything that I was saying for the first month of my recovery. She literally would lean back in her chair and fold her arms and say, we'll see. And, um, but as I began to practice openness with her, um, I began to get in return some trust back. And uh, uh, 
and now uh, this has never happened before. We we talked a couple of days ago, and she said, "You know, you've been doing this for you've been doing this for seven months." I'm like, "Wow, I've only been doing it for five, and she thinks it's seven. That's great. <laughs> she usually always the other way around. But openness. Um, that's that's my story of openness at home. Uh, but there's another aspect to to openness that I've learned in Samson, and uh, the question come up uh, on a meeting I was on this week. Why has Samson been so effective? And I believe that Samson, what I found there was a place that uh, I finally found an empathetic witness to my story. And I can go there and I can say any and everything that's on my mind and not be judged. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it perpetuated, it, it facilitated, it nurtured openness. So now when I can't handle things at home, I need a place like this where I can just come and just spew it, just say it all. And uh, man, it's liberating. I, I, one other little story here. I, when I first got involved with Samson, I didn't have these meetings. And <laughs> I, uh, I was kind of bugging Nate a little bit. Nate was my first, uh, my first contact with Samson. And it was 11 o'clock one night, and I was about to blow up inside. And I sent him the email that night. I don't know if Nate remembers that or not. But I just, man, I just had to let it all go. And I, I hit send on that email. And in about 15 minutes, he said, he just sent me back a little quick thing. and said, uh, he responded to what I said. And I went to sleep just like that. Because all of a sudden, I had gotten it out. I had an empathetic ear to what where I was at at the time. So, that's been huge with Samson to have that. And uh, I think it's crucial in that part of us that wants to know and to be known. Um, so that's my story. Uh, thanks, I'm Lonnie. Thanks, Lonnie. Thanks, Lonnie. Hey, guys, I'm Ben. Hey, Ben. Hey, Ben. ben. Yeah, openness. It, it's funny you talking about openness as we're on a taped uh, recording of a meeting, and I'm looking at not only myself, but just this group of guys here. And it's like, you know, we're willing to put our story out, not in a closed door, but really out there for everybody to listen to. So it's like, kudos to all you guys for showing up and be willing to do this. And I I mean, if I look back at myself and I fast forward to now, it's like, man, I've me on a live podcast talking about openness. Like, dude, you give me a break. Like, no way. Um, And that's what, you know, I really was in the mindset getting into getting into recovery um, that I was going to do this without having to be open to anybody else besides God and anybody else besides really my wife. Cause it's like, well, those are the only two people like, you know, that really matter. And you know, why do I have to go talk to a bunch of freaks in a basement? I think Nate, you really put that well in, in his book just about, you know, feeling so out of place. And I remember the first SA meeting I went to, I was just sitting there listening to these guys and, and they all sounded like me and they all looked a little different than me, but they all had really similar stories and they were all talking with so such ease and comfort. Like they were just all laughing and, but they were talking about such deep stuff. And I'm like, wow, guys do this? Like men talk like this? I had never ever heard anything like that before in my life. And then, you know, as the new guy, you're not pressured to talk, but it's kind of like everybody's kind of looking at me towards the end of the meeting, like, is this new guy going to talk? And I remember being like, Oh, okay, I got this, no sweat. And it was as if I had a boa constrictor around my throat. 
Like there was just a part of me still grasping for control. Like, no, Ben, you can't trust these people. You can't do this here now in this way. This is not the way we're going to heal. And I just, I was crying and I was like, just, I could barely get a word out. But slowly over weeks of meetings, I was able to talk without trembling, shaking quite so much. I still remember shaking after sharing and just my nervous system was just fighting me so bad every time. And it's like, you can just see the bodily reaction to openness. Like it's just, I have parts of me saying, no, Ben, the shame is real. No, Ben, being vulnerable to people is not, is not the way to healing. You know, whatever Benet Brown said, that doesn't make any sense. Like that's, that's lunacy. Um, But man, it's like, it's just amazing not only hearing men being open, but then being open in return and being really vulnerable. I mean, like that's, it's the, it's the path through shame. Like it's really is the only way through it is, is just to talk and to be open. And it's something that I never grew up with. Like I never had that level of honesty in my life to talk about emotions. My life was void about sex talks. My, you know, so porn was my education to, to sex. And and it just, it was so different than what I was used to. And that's, that's why I, I, I need these meetings because I need that constant reminder. Cause even after a couple of weeks, not coming to meetings, there's a part of me that's like, yeah, you don't need this anymore. Remember those years when you didn't have that, like you're good now. Like, and I start to regress, like that neural wiring starts to kind of regrow like a tree back in old directions. And I got to keep, you know, trimming, trimming the uh, branches back. So anyway, thanks guys. I'm Ben. Thanks Ben. Thanks, Ben. Hey, guys, I'm John. Hey, John. Hey, John. So openness, boy, that is, um, that's a, uh, that's a big word in my life. I, um, for many, many years, uh, like, I guess you guys here, I was not open. Uh, I was open about some things, but the most important things, the matters of the heart, I was not open about. And for most of those years, all those years, and actually two or three years into my recovery, I thought that the reason that I couldn't be open was I was too ashamed. And I was ashamed. I was ashamed of what I was doing. And I, I, so I couldn't be open about it, or so I thought. And, but um, what, I, what I learned over the process of my recovery, that it wasn't shame that was keeping me from being open. It was pride. And uh, my pride uh, uh, was what was stopping me and, uh, and, 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 uh, nearly destroyed me. And, um, so that, that's another big thing. That's a one big thing is, is addressing the pride in my life that was stopping me from being honest and open with, with, uh, uh, people, number one with my wife, but the other part, the other two words that come to mind with, uh, with, uh, uh openness is, uh, first one is vulnerability and the second one is wisdom. And it takes an enormous amount of vulnerability to be open with people. And this is a very difficult topic, the one I'm about to mention. I still don't, I don't know how to count. I don't know how to, I don't know how to address it in my own life still, much less other men, uh, at least not completely. And that is, uh, if you're going to be open, let's say with your spouse or someone that you've wronged, we're trying to make amends. How do we do that? How do we be open? And to what degree can we be open? My experience was with my, uh, my then wife. Um, I was open about everything. And within the first week of, of um, her finding out what was going on, and it was, it was a lot, it was a lot that was going on in my life. Uh, both, both the number of incidents and the extent and nature of it was, was a lot. And she couldn't handle it. It was, it was more than she could process. 
and um, and I don't think she ever got over it. And um, I'm not going to blame that for our divorce because there's a lot of factors there. And maybe, gosh, this is recorded, doesn't have been. And uh, so, um, uh, anyway, it's I, I needed more wisdom during those first weeks of recovery than what I had on how to be open. And um, so that's part of it. But the vulnerability part is beautiful to be able to like sit here with you guys and and talk about these topics to be able to sit in the local Samson meetings here and talk and even outside of Samson meetings to be able to talk with people share with people and I, I guess there's still a degree I mean maybe there's times I'm ashamed of my story but there's also a beautiful amount of redemption in these stories that we share not not just me sharing with you or you sharing with me but that we this common brotherhood that we have this shared burden that we carry this openness that we get to experience with each other there's a beauty and a redemption in that that i i don't i could never have experienced outside of of what happened and the openness and vulnerability that i've been able to experience through this and i wish i could have taken a pill to experience this but uh it, it took what happened and it took the uh, the vulnerability uh, and sharing and being open to, to experience it. Thank you. I'm John. Thanks, Thanks John. John. Hey guys, I'm Mike. Hey Mike. Hey. So hey, Mike. yeah, Ben. Kind of like you, I uh, grew up in a family that was very quiet, very conservative, very reserved. We never talked about much of that stuff at all. Never talked about feelings. Never, never were open about hardly anything. And um, so, you know, for most of my life, that was kind of the, the model that I grew up in. And I, of course, having, you know, addictive behavior leads you to secrecy and leads you to, you know, hiding and always making sure you covered your tracks. And did I, you know, delete the cookies and, you know, clear the cash and, you know, all that stuff. And so you kind of become a little paranoid. And um, so when I stumbled across Samson, all of a sudden I started listening to these podcasts of Nate and Aaron talking to these guys. and. I couldn't believe just the level of openness on, you know, I mean, might as well have been on the radio. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're having open conversations about porn and masturbation and sex. It's like, it blew my mind, you know? And I, I just kept getting deeper and deeper and listening to more. And I listened to one and it was fantastic. So I'd listen to a couple more and they were awesome. So I'd listen to three or four more. I must have listened to probably 50 or 75 of them before I finally realized it's time to just bite the bullet and, you know, take the next step and do a newcomer meeting and actually jump in with both feet. But, you know, like you said, Ben, in the first meeting, I just barely shared, you know I mean? It's like, I was so nervous. I'm like, I'm not going to admit anything. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to sit here. This is way, way outside my comfort zone. I, I'm just way informed foreign territory. And so I think I did that for probably the first couple of weeks. I, I didn't share much. And if I did share, it was really high level surface stuff. You know, I wasn't sharing anything about how I felt, what I thought, any, any real personal stuff. But I was amazed at the level of openness and vulnerability of the guys around me. And that drew me in to where I wanted to be open and I wanted to be vulnerable and I wanted to share. And uh, I think that, over time, I really got to the point where being known and that desire to be known is just overwhelming. You know, it's like you want to share and, and getting a stylist was a big part of that too. You know, having a stylist that was really interested in me, wanted to know me, telling him about things that I had never shared with anybody before in my life, you know, that was all really kind of revolutionary too for me. 
but the whole desire to be open really, really uh, was transformational in my life. And it really has permeated not just from Samson, but into my marriage. And that's one thing that I'm so thankful for is my wife and I have a much more open marriage today than we've had in the entire 24 years that we've been married. We have awesome conversations today about things that we never ever would have even dreamed of talking about before. But the, the fact that we can, and we can sit down and we can have those conversations in an open, honest and authentic way, and know that we're not going to offend each other, but it's something that we really need to talk about. You know, it really has transformed our marriage over the last year and a half. And uh, I have a lot to think about Samson for that. And I am surrounded by guys that I can have open and honest conversations with. And that was absolutely not part of my life. And so I'm very thankful for that too. Openness has kind of become, you know, <laughs> my new drug of choice. You know, it's, I, I really have a desire to be open with the people around me. And uh, I, I have a hard time um, being in kind of surface plastic situations. It's, uh, it's, you can immediately tell the difference. And it's really challenging for me to be in situations where you can't be open and authentic. So anyway, thanks, guys. I'm Mike. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. The formal part of our meeting is now coming to a close. And I think that's it.
Well, welcome back to the Pirate Monk Podcast. And uh, we have a, a good friend of mine as a guest this week. And the guy, I got to tell you, the guy responsible for helping Samson Society move to Zoom. Really, he was a key player in our movement into the virtual space. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember I, that? I totally remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember being like, what? What are we doing here? This is this is better than just, well, I did far more podcasts in my underwear before we moved to Zoom. So <laughs> I I have to note that that did change certain dynamics for me. Sorry about for which that, we're all thankful, especially now that <laughs> you're in Tennessee, you man. So dressed up. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. I'm pretty sure that on Zoom, you can't see what's happening under the table. So uh. <laughs> let's hope. Um, so, Michael, uh, yeah, so in that, in that, uh, you know, in a universe far, far away, long, long ago, uh, we were doing a podcast and we had technical difficulties. And Michael proposed, he said, well, why don't we just do it on Zoom? And I, we went, I went like, what, 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 what's that? And he introduced us to this wonderful new world. So Michael Leahy's with us. Hi, Michael. Hello, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, man. I'm so glad you're with us. Yeah. And you have been busy since. You've been doing virtual summits, uh, putting together just kind of the top experts, the top voices, the most experienced people in the field, and making them available uh, to an audience worldwide. Absolutely. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. In fact, we. I think I mentioned to you, we in Masterclass, we're airing a part of an interview that you and I did two years ago oh. uh, to, a, to our Masterclass members, a couple hundred strong, um, called, which I've named Killing Pride by Connecting. Okay, awesome. You're talking about your first experience with a 12-step group and a sponsor <laughs> and strong 15-minute snippet of your greatest wisdom. Well, uh, speaking of Masterclass, for our listeners who don't know what the Masterclass is, this is something new that you and Christine have developed uh, where you're pulling together this, this broad expertise from across the spectrum and making it available on a daily basis to subscribers, right? So it's yeah. content plus it's exercises, what you're calling the daily disciplines. I love your phraseology. It echoes, it sounds very familiar to me. Um, <laughs> we all borrow from each other, yeah, right? Yeah, we do. It's wonderful. Yeah. So I've been hearing about Masterclass. First of all, I've been hearing about, about Masterclass from people showing up in newcomer meetings who said, I heard about Samson and Masterclass, and I, and I need a group. And, I'm, and then I'm, I started hearing about it from our members, some of our members. Uh, Neil up in Canada, I think, was the pioneer who thought, gosh, I could use a little help, a little equipping and becoming a better stylist. So he signed up for Masterclass, loved it so much. He approached you to see if he could maybe get his Silees in on the act. And you made him a special side can, deal. Yeah. Can we take, take a one, Can we take one step back from this? Yeah. Because when sure. we've talked in the past, you care a lot about walking with guys through the process. You're, you're a disciple making guy, not just a fix it guy. Uh, so, you know, I've, I just talked to someone recently who said, hey, can we get together every other week to work through something? I thought, are you kidding me? Who would go to a gym thinking I'll go every other week and, and see results? It's not how it works. So it sounds like you've had a lot of thoughts about, no, if we're going to walk through this, how do we make this a part of life? Like, just give me your your philosophy going into everything that's the product that Nate's talking about. 
with sure sure well you know I, and this is something i'm i'm putting together actually a um we're redoing a video for this next masterclass launch, which happens in, in a couple of weeks, which we'll talk about later on, uh, and talking about the, the, the recovery revolution. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of things that are happening right now, uh, enabling technologies, like using Zoom for virtual meetings. And I, I, love, I love that I'm on this podcast because you guys are a leader in that. The fact that you've been using podcasts for all these years, you know, yeah. you've, you've been looking out at technology, and it's really hard to keep track of all the new stuff that's coming out. And so I'm tracking that. I'm looking at the fact that now counselors are moving to coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another huge trend that's changing everything. So they can start working with people across borders. So um, instead of just their local area. And there's a number of other trends. But one of the things I noted, you know, Aaron, as uh, you bring that up, is one thing that hasn't changed is the fundamentals of recovery. Yeah. That hasn't changed and it will never change. You still need to have healthy, intimate connections right. with others, right? That's what we're after, yeah. You still need truth-telling. Mm-hmm. You still need accountability. You know, you still need to, to have a fellowship. So the thing that I think happens sometimes that I've seen as a strategist in this area looking at trends, and I've always, because I spent 20-plus years in technology, I've always been looking at future trends. Um, some people have made the mistake of applying to tech of using technology, but not using the fundamentals, mm-hmm. right? Right. There's, there's certain things that you can do with connecting with guys and certain things that technology won't help you when you're doing, when you're walking with a guy, like what you do, Nate, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you just kind of need to be side by side, walking down the street, having that conversation. But if we can leverage technology to be able to allow more of that to happen, then that's a really good thing. Yeah. So is my wife and I, a lot of the stuff kind of like you guys using Zoom, that wasn't intentional. It just, it was a response to a problem we ran into. Yeah. And Masterclass really, you know, actually is still evolving. And in fact, because of people like Neil, you know, one of your, your guys up in Canada and the conversations we had with you just the other day about how you guys are using that, Christine and I are looking at each other like, wow, we never thought of that. Yeah. We yeah. never thought that a Silas and a Silee are going to have use and application for this apart from your group. Because all we were thinking of is, gee, how are they going to use masterclass type material, which is really the greatest thinking of the greatest things in the area of faith-based recovery. I mean, we've got, we've got about 100 people right now, and that number is growing, uh, of the leaders in this area. Over, over 1,500 years of faith-based sexual addiction recovery experience just in our faculty. And, and Nate's one of those people, you know, so, but how do we apply that to the fundamentals of recovery so that it becomes more available for people? And that's something we're really fired up about. Yeah. We want to democratize access to best practices. Yeah. 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 So, so what would you say? Cause I, I think for a lot of people, especially early in the process, uh, mm-hmm. whether they think, Oh, I'm an addict or they just think there's a problem. And they wonder, well, how often do I have to engage? Obviously, in a Silas relationship, this is about a daily phone call that it becomes a habit. So you have some thoughts on that because these are daily disciplines. So well, what sure, are you it goes right. For it goes right back to again. It goes right back to the fundamentals, right? And so we look to the foundation of the recovery movement, which came out of the twelve-step world in AA. And what do they talk about? You know, you may need ninety meetings in ninety days. Uh, they talk about recovery being one day at a time. Uh, that you know the program works if you work it. 
So we took this philosophy of using the fundamentals and how can we apply technology to that and then bring all this goodness that we have um, available to us, which really came out of another accidental thing we developed, which were the virtual summits, mm -hmm. where we, in each virtual summit, we've done three now very successfully, we've had over 16,000 people attend from over 100 countries all over the world, and they've gotten access to free content. Uh, and we've had a bunch of them by all access passes, which has helped our revenue stream, but we also paid out $50,000 in uh, affiliate fees to our partners like Samson, uh, Samson House uh, to be able to help with the fundraising and stuff. So, um, so again, we think, okay, how can we pull all this stuff together? And I, what I did, Aaron, was I went back and I thought about, okay, in the five or six years that I did a pilot test of my mentoring process, I, I actually take people kind of like I was mentioning counselors are moving towards coaching. Well, I didn't think coaching fit because the people I want to coach are addicts. So they're not healthy, resourceful, and whole just kind of a priority for, for yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a prerequisite if you're going to coach someone in most of the coaching models that are out there. But I thought, you know, I need to be their Sherpa guide. I don't need to just come alongside them. I need to lead them for a period until we can come alongside each other. Mm -hmm. And so as I was going through this uh, mentoring pilot test, if you will, uh, several years into it, I, I was having a tremendously uh, high rate of success over 50% of the guys that I was mentoring one-on-one. -on -one which is a lot like your Silas and Siley. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, you know, we're experiencing long-term sexual sobriety, right? And so um, as I was doing that, I went back to some of the guys after I'd mentored about 100, and I asked them a question. I said, tell me, what is the one thing, you know, that you're doing that is helping you more than anything uh, in terms of maintaining sexual sobriety? Long, all of them have had over a year of sexual sobriety kind of hoping they would have said, well, I had a really great mentor that was really smart. really." <laughs> but, you know, without orchestrating it at all, every one of them just about said the same thing. They said, you know what? I work, I try to spend at least 15 to 30 minutes every day working on my connection with God mm -hmm. and at least 15 to 30 minutes a day working on my recovery. And out of that, I just, you know, I called that and I, I had a check-in form that I used with them. And I called it the daily disciplines. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, it's just a, it's not qualitative. Okay. So again, I can fake it. We know that, but it's quantitative. It's just, are you getting, are you coming to the table yeah. to do the work of recovery? And what I tell them is out of a, you know, if we meet once a week, so there's seven days, if you're batting 500 or better, you're doing good. All right. So I want at least four out of those seven days that you're working on your daily disciplines. And, um, you know, I invariably see guys who were doing, you know, well with the daily discipline. Some were still struggling because they were faking recovery, but most were doing well in their recovery as well. But I did notice that when guys weren't doing their daily disciplines, they were typically struggling big time that week. Yeah. And so I saw this direct relationship to how much effort are you putting into this thing we call recovery. And daily disciplines, as we started thinking about masterclass, I got really tutored by a guy by the name of um, Stu, uh, Stu, um, uh, Stu. Yeah, Stu. But we'll yeah, we, yeah. We, no, you can't use his last name. We're keeping it anonymous. Okay. His name is just <laughs> Stu. Well, he's not in recovery, so I can use his name. Uh, anyhow, a great, great guy, founder of Tribe, uh, you know, master, uh, membership oh, tribe genius. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's no, not our tribe. This oh. is tribe. Okay. And he's actually he's actually out of Canada. Okay. But um, 
he developed a really successful uh, plugin for WordPress sites for doing membership sites. Mm -hmm. So he's been involved in in launching over 10,000 successful membership sites, including Michael Hyatt, who's just down the road from you guys, um, you know, and and a bunch of other notables. So got tutored by him in terms of trying to, you know, pull all this stuff together. And the one thing he said, which really hit home was, in order to, you know, the number one reason people leave a membership site, which Masterclass is, number one reason they leave it is they get overwhelmed. People just, you know, they start a site and they just throw too much information at them, you know, too much material. Here's 8,000. I remember I talked to, um, uh, I talked to, who was it? Josh McDowell. And he said, Michael, I've got 30,000 documents that I'm trying to find a place for. You, yeah. you know, you want to park it on your site? I'm like, no, you know, I mean, it's that. But it's this idea that, People are looking for convenience and speed. And I think they're looking for that in recovery also. You guys are playing into that with your virtual meetings. Mm-hmm. You're making it a heck of a lot easier for guys to be able to connect and have fellowship with one another without having to get in traffic and you know try and fit things in between the kids' ball games and work and everything else. And so much the same way, I thought, well, what's the best thing that we could do to take this number one success factor for recovery, which is daily disciplines, and just serve it to guys on a platter. And then, you know, we looked at each other, my wife and I, and said, we've got over 100, we got like 200 hours of, you know, the best thinking and the and the greatest wisdom coming out of these leaders like Nate Larkin, like uh, Troy and Melissa Haas, like, you know, Trey and Melody Lavorn. Um, I mean, just, and goes on and on. Um, and And just, what are we going to do with that? Well, let's repackage it and give it to people on a daily basis and call it their daily disciplines, call it masterclass. And this is learning from the masters, you know, the people who have really invested time. Yeah. In so, uh, but you're doing more than just serving up old videos. You've got also, oh, definitely. you develop a, a daily four page worksheet that sure. that's a pretty darn good. I got to tell you where Thanks. you, where you're teasing it out with, questions. There's work for me to do on a daily basis. So I've got some input and then I've got an opportunity now to start to own this stuff. So because I'm the guy, as usual, who has no idea what's going on right now, (laughs) I sign up saying, you know what? I I realize this isn't a once a week meeting I need to go to. I need just to engage this daily. Mm -hmm. I sign up for master's class. It gives me some encouragement from past wisdom. Right. Then there is there are some things that I'm going to write and reflect right. on my computer. Mm-hmm. And that's just going to be kind of saved in my kind of ongoing journal of my recovery. Is that? Yep. Okay. So, so yeah, the way it works, and I'm glad you mentioned that because it is more than the daily disciplines, although that's kind of at the root of it. But the other thing is we're, we are building a community. So um, the, the other uh, learning assets that you get every week, I go live for two hours. Uh, every Tuesday and every Thursday at 10 a.m. I call it the 10 at 10. And so I answer 10 questions starting at 10 a.m. and go for about an hour. So I kind of have my, I do, I use Zoom. I kind of have my live studio audience and, you know, the questions are, but the questions are actually submitted from members from the the membership at large. So they're there just to kind of interact with each other and all, but I've already got pre-selected questions to answer. And I answer them and I'm brutally honest. I kind of have my own style. So I'm, I'm showing up live there two hours a week, uh, but I also, um, we also have, uh, let's see, we do some, I do monthly training where I take the topic that we're on each month, like this month is about, it's called from isolated to connected, you know, how to get the kind of help that you need 
And so um, we're in the fourth of a four-week study on that. And so I do a two-hour uh, live training, and that is with a live audience, you know, via Zoom, and they throw questions at me and stuff. So th these are the things that we're doing, and we're also providing some other back material um, introductions to people's, uh, you know, restoration or recovery story. So I kind of have this, this theme called From Recovery to Redemption. The, giving folks a picture that it's not just about recovery, but it's about, as, you got, as you've said for a long time, Nate, not just about getting help, but about giving help also. Right. Sure, so we're yeah. showing them a roadmap that says there's four stages on this journey, and you may start as hopeful, you may move to being gutsy, and then, you know, you cross over this chasm where you're more focused on, you know, maintaining and giving help than you are on getting help, and that's where you become braveful, and then the fourth stage is heroic. So there's a roadmap, there's kind of a blueprint for getting well, but it's all really boiled down to some very simple, what are you doing each day? And if they just did the daily disciplines, they're getting, you know, they're getting uh, 30 minutes of time to be able to connect with their recovery and to connect with God. And one of the interesting things, so we just finished a survey of um, our users and in the survey, we've had about a... Um, Probably about a 30 or 40 percent response. So so far we've got um, we've got 90. Let me see the the oh here it is. Okay, so uh, one of the ask, one of the questions I ask is how often do you watch the daily disciplines each week? Because this you know video content plus the workbook, a little four page workbook that Nate was talking about. So just the people doing the daily disciplines out of the folks that we surveyed, my questions were five or more or each week, because they get a, they get five daily disciplines each week, right? So a day, we kind of drip that content out. Uh, and then it goes down from there, four, three, two, one, and none. So the, the percentage of people doing daily disciplines five times, in other words, every day, 61%. Wow. And in fact, the people doing them at least four days, which is really my bat in 500, um, it's 75%. Wow. And now, to be it, honest with you, that's higher percentage than my mentees were doing. Yeah. Who were paying, they weren't paying 30 bucks a month. They were paying, you know, right. 700, 800 bucks a month. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, in some cases, aren't couples doing these together? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's one of the really neat, you know, again, we didn't know what to expect. Yeah. So just to try this out, we're with the beta group now, and we're about to, to really launch this out of beta, which is exciting to have the timing of our our partnership that we'll be talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we no timing for that as well. So, um, so what I've done is just I've kind of sprinkled in. For instance, let me give you an example of this week. So this week, Nate is talking on killing pride by connecting. You know, a, a daily discipline for the first day of the week, mostly geared towards addicts, right? Male, primarily male addicts, but it could be female. Um, and then Melissa Haas, who's with Hope Quest, talks about overcoming internal obstacles. So the second day, she's talking about what does the spouse face in terms of overcoming those obstacles, right? Uh, and then on the third day, we have Trey and Melody Lavorn, who are leaders, the founders right. of Undone Redone. And um, they're talking about caring for your kids in recovery. Great interview. You know, they went through their divorce and then they got back together. But, you know, how do you help the kid? They had three kids who were going through this as well. On the fourth day, there's another, you know, female talking about this from a, from a um, spouse's perspective. Vicki Titi is talking about finding and giving safe support. And then on the last day, Jason Graves, who's recovering addict but also struggle with same-sex addiction, you know, is talking about the truths about getting help. So what's happening, and we weren't really sure how this was going to go over. 
well, this number one, the spouses love it. And yeah. we've got about the, the same number of, of male strugglers going through this masterclass as we do spouses. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the spouses love it because you know what they, and they're sending me emails are saying, you know, this is really helping me understand what my husband should be doing in yeah. his recovery. Like and also I imagine what he's facing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like when you, like a perfect example, Nada just went through and, you know, finished up your uh, kind of updated your, your work, workbook last night. So uh -huh. it's real fresh in my mind, but you know, you were talking about how you started out in recovery uh, with a, um, with a really, you know, laid back, pretty much ineffectual sponsor, right? Because you were your own sponsor, right? Yeah. You really didn't want anyone telling you anything to do. Well, it's great for the guys to hear that, mm -hmm. but just think of how empowering that is for the spouses to hear that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what really blew us away is we started getting emails from people, again, going through this pilot group that we just started. And by the way, we launched this at the worst possible time. We launched this on the Friday before 4th of July. So, okay. you know, 4th wow. of July weekend. But um, we've been getting emails now, especially from the women who are saying, I'm actually going through this with my husband. And where he may have been stagnated or wasn't really taking recovery seriously, he's like, now he's really kind of paying attention and he's learning and I'm learning and we're starting to have conversation about it. Yeah, yeah. So it's good. become, it's like what we were talking about, Nate, it's, it, I don't know that we had initially expected it to become this, Yeah. but it's becoming what you do between the meetings. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's, so that's it's so, a school of recovery between the meetings. So that's important because we're talking about daily disciplines, which to yep. a certain type of person, not me. <laughs> you I, wouldn't watch a video for 15 minutes. Well, I mean, you well, could so light path and forget is, the work. This is the important part. Well, I think you're going to leave me in Electio Divina and I even like those. And yet I'm still <laughs> like, yeah, screw you. So certain people hear those words and think, no, that's not for me. Or they, yeah. you know, they hear the pitch. Are you masturbating or doing master classing today? Yeah. You know, and they're like, yeah, I'm going <laughs> masturbating. Uh, what, like exactly what should they expect? Like it's going to take me this much time. And there's a lot of things you said that sounds like, okay, that's worth it. But I could just watch uh, the Graham Norton show on YouTube why sure. is watching you said like a 15 minute segment and then doing this personal work the whole thing is going to take about 30 minutes a day yeah and oh okay they didn't see that shrug you just gave get what <laughs> like tell 30 minutes yeah to to that person like this isn't <laughs> daily disciplines it's not about becoming a monk that's not what you're talking yeah. about and so give a little more about the expectation for that person that says I don't know if I need this work between the meetings and I don't know if I'm your kind of person. I think those are exactly your kind of person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, what I'm, what I'm really excited about, this is an easy sell for the guy who knows that he needs to do some maintenance work and he's been in recovery for a while. And it's an easy sell to the guys who are just starting out recovery and, you know, recognize that, I mean, they're kind of grabbing at anything they can. Right. But the skeptic, I think the thing I would tell them is, you know, if, you, well, number number one, just like what you were saying, Nate, and I really appreciate what you said about the workbook. We haven't talked a lot about that. I sit here at my desk and work up, I, I basically go through your entire transcript mm -hmm. from a, you know, 15 minute interview and, you know, two pages of the top ideas and the top quotes that come out of that. 
And then I sit down and I work up, what are the three most important questions that I could ask this person watching this video based off of what I just saw mm -hmm. and, and based off of what's here. And then there's a, a scripture verse that I just let the Holy Spirit lead me on, quite frankly, and just say, you know, what's, what's a word from God that they need to hear? And then kind of a lead in, you know, uh, pray to God and ask him to blank, blank, blank. Mm -hmm. And I never know what I'm going to write, never know what I'm going to put. But here's, here's what I would say to even the, the most, you know, uh, discriminating skeptic is if you had an opportunity to be a fly on the wall, listening to two experts in a subject matter that is, is either in the process of putting your, you know, your marriage and maybe your career and your whole livelihood at risk, uh, it's certainly become the thorn in your side. And you wanted to be as efficient as possible in getting the best possible advice. What would you pay to hear, you know, me sitting there with Nate or me sitting there with um, Jay Stringer? Yeah. Sitting there with Doug Weiss or, um, you know, Marsha Means or any of these people having a conversation about those things. And then also take that information and put it in the hands of your wife to hear experts basically say, you know, do not make your husband your accountability or do not make your wife your accountability partner. You know, they need to have other things in place. Now, for the person that's hiding in recovery and doesn't really want to get well or won't totally admit that they have a problem, they do, they do not want to do masterclass. Right. Because this will not, this will put you, if, if your spouse sees any of these videos that you're watching, uh, they're, they're going to want in. And they're going to want to get educated and upgraded and updated. And so if it's you, not going to be good if for you. If you suck and plan on continuing to suck, Masterclass suck, do is not, not, do not for you. Do not get Masterclass. <laughs> no. Well, I'll tell you why I got excited about this. Uh, you know, we were having a conversation, Michael and I. And thank, thanks to Neil, by the way, Samson guy, oh, uh, virtual meeting host and newcomer meeting host. Wonderful man uh, for kind of... Uh, yeah, yeah, initiating this conversation. I know that the number one request we get at Samson House is for more content. They love the connection, but can we have more content, more coaching? And from my conversation with Michael, what I heard is that the number one they get requests from their people is, uh, what can we do about more community, more groups? <laughs> Do you have groups? And you know you're not called to groups, and I know I'm not called to create a bunch of damn content. Mm. But you're great at content. You got a ton of it. And we got some killer groups. And you so, know what? Let me tell you something. Out what? of that same survey, yeah. out of that same survey, and you're right, we don't, we don't do groups, and we have no desire to do groups. Now, for someone who's like, you know, not interested in doing Samson or whatever and yeah. just as their format – you know, we may throw something together, but we don't, we're not going to start, you know, Bravehearts Masterclass groups. We're just, uh -huh. the survey, I asked the question, uh, if we offered opportunities for you to be matched with a small group, yeah, how likely are you to participate um, out of the people that we surveyed, which again, represents uh, over a third of our total group so far, and they're still coming in. 72% said very likely. Wow. There um, you go. 21% said somewhat likely. So those that are likely to join a group, you know, you're talking about 94%. And then related to that also, if, if there was an online community environment, how likely would you be to use it? Um, actually, 40% of the people said every day. 
Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I love that you're such a statistics guy. Whenever we talk, you're like, well, let me answer that with some numbers. (laughs) Let me answer that with the statistic I just pulled out. That's totally the way my mind works. I mean, you know, I love Barna, except I don't know where he gets his stuff. And uh, I remember being in a conference where they said, if he's making this stuff up, he's going straight to hell. Uh, And I thought, yeah. Well, you know that 85% of statistics are made up. (laughs) But not with Michael. And here's here's another thing that I think will be really cool because of this incredible partnership that we got to announce. I'm about dying to say something about it, but uh, I'm waiting for your cue. But um, I also asked the question, are you interested in becoming a group guide? Which is just a generic term we're using for you guys to be a silos or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And um, 37% of them said yes. Oh, nice. 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 And, and that's men and women, by the yeah. way. So, you know, as you guys open up that can yeah. of worms of, you know, introducing women into Samson. So, so you know, there's really good news here. But, yeah, the bottom line is, you know, we're going to have some level of community just for people to be able to yeah. connect. But we're not looking to do groups. And that's why we're excited about, you know, being partnered with you guys. All right. Yeah. So now it's to make it plain. Samson Society is not a corporate entity and can make no contracts with congregations, denominations, causes, or campaigns, regardless of their merit. So we're not talking about uh, an arrangement between the Samson Society and uh, Bravehearts. Correct. We're talking about uh, a partnership between Samson House, which is an independent nonprofit organization committed to the support, nurture, and growth of the Samson Society. Samson House is... uh, uh, we just think it makes. I've been talking to the board members of Samson House, that Dr. Tom Mocha. It just seems to make. It just seems like a no-brainer here to pick yeah. up. Some and we're and we're a yeah. nonprofit as well, yeah. so it's a partnership okay. between. So we're going to work together here, and uh, it's going to work to the advantage of Samson guys because Samson guys are going to be able to uh, subs- uh, to join at a reduced rate, right? And yeah, absolutely. And while they're not going to be able to join right now until the next enrollment period, after that, non-Samson people are only going to be able to join in the enrollment period. But Samson guys are going to be able to join anytime and start. Right. Sorry, I've been dealing with insurance yeah. just this last week. We've That's got right. enrollment periods. I'm freaking out right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so right. we're not going to have to worry about enrollment don't periods. Don't have to worry about it. Okay. So let me talk to you about whole life. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, oh, come on. <laughs> so Samson guys get to uh, sign up at a reduced commitment. Right. That's awesome. And you can cancel oh, no, at any time. Reduced rate, reduced not reduced rate. commitment. Oh, reduced, okay. Yeah, it's always oh, 100% right. commitment, but at a reduced rate. <laughs> but you can, anytime it's, at, for any reason you need to quit, you can quit, right? Yeah. Right. You're not, yeah. Um, so he, so here's the deal. We're coming out. Uh, we, we we brought this thing out. We wanted to make it really affordable for folks. Yeah. Uh, the 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 founders the founders which that ship already sailed. You know yeah. they got the best deal because they the got beta it. guys. Yeah. Um, and that's Neil and a couple other actually a couple other um, uh, Samson guys. Yeah. So our next um, we're opening up enrollment on Sunday. Okay. okay. Well, we're opening. I should say we're opening up the uh, we're 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 launching our our email campaign and what have you what's the so, date what's yeah, the yeah. date sunday sunday, sunday. The, um the the actual open enrollment i think starts on like wednesday and runs through next sunday so it'll be next not this wednesday but next wednesday what's so the, by the time people hear this it'll be 18th 25th week. september 25th yeah and okay. and we'll we'll 2019. let them 2019 thank you okay 
So we the reason we do this is we kind of like to get people started at the same time, right? Because mm -hmm. this is kind of a process we move yeah, them through. Right. But again, we're doing this in a different way this time so that the Samson folks can jump in whenever they want. Mm -hmm. So they get in the they the next the, the price point's gonna be thirty dollars a month. Yeah. That's where it's gonna sit. Samson guys get in at twenty five a month. Nice. And we're taking five dollars out of our own pocket, and we're paying that to Samson House, the nonprofit. Comes so back for every to help guy support Samson House, they get nice. five dollars off a month. Yeah. Samson House gets five dollars a month right. for as long as they're a member as an ongoing donation, okay. which was, yeah. So lest any listeners think like, wait, is this show like infomercialing me right now? Yeah, I know. Uh, kind of feels that it, way, doesn't it? it well, it. It doesn't to me because we know Michael. Right. Yeah, they yeah. might not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so just just so you know, any of you who are thinking, what are you doing? <laughs> know that I feel worse than you about all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. This is just uh, an opportunity um, for you to have a resource. Oh, and yeah. if it makes sense, check yeah. it out. Uh, if it doesn't, know it's out there. So if you come to a place that you think, okay, what what are the resources? I have honestly looked so many times for like daily opportunities. What are the what are the things that are out there? Mm -hmm. Whether it's groups to meet with or, and, and it's hard. I've I've done many a Google search and had to sign up to get the information, only to realize this isn't anything I wanted. Why did I have to? Now I'm getting your damn emails all the time. <laughs> So, anyways, <laughs> just trying to make clear something that is available to you. Yeah, right. Uh, and and Michael's a good guy to do it with. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, by the way, you're going to be able to make it to the uh, fall retreat, do you think? I will be there. My wife and I, I, I shared with her your kind offer, and okay. we're like, we're totally on. So she's coming up also. All right. So she's going to take the car and I think head up to Nashville and go do some shopping and stuff. And and okay. I'll be bunking it. It's going to turn out to be an expensive weekend for you. Mike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kidding. All right. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it. It's been actually the last one I went to was a couple years ago. Yeah, so that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So second. you haven't you haven't been to the new digs out there at the Lakeshore Camp and Retreat I'm Center? Much better than the state park you were at before. Oh, good. Yeah, you're going to love it. And uh, fellowship's great. Thank you so much, brother. Uh, looking forward to seeing you in just a few weeks. Absolutely. Stay with us, listeners. We'll be back in a moment here on the Pirate Monk Podcast. We are back for a secret addendum to the interview. We want to give only those who stayed tuned the information as to where to go to sign up for masterclasses. If you're still here, you are wise and blessed. Michael, in a whisper, <laughs> tell us the secret place people can go to to sign up for the masterclass. Yes, they're going to have to find their way to one of the Samson websites. And so I'm going to turn it over to Nate, but <laughs> there will be a link. <laughs> Maybe we should have figured will this be a out. Link. There will be a link. <laughs> you, we you're not whispering. It's oh. better if you whisper. There oh, will very right? soon be a link on the Samson Society homepage. Link. Link. Yeah. That will be a link to the masterclass. Watch for it. Come back. Check out the SampsonSociety.org website multiple times a day. Check until, often. Until the link appears. If you're struggling with any triggers, <laughs> when you feel that trigger, 
go to the Samson website and see if there's a link to the master class. <laughs> All right. That's so that link will be there sometime later this week. Okay. All right. Day, maybe two days, maybe three. It'll well, be there by Well, the you're going to provide it to us. I've still got to find a way to get it on the damn page. Oh, man. Well, yeah. we'll. We'll get, we'll get it to you somehow. Hey, right. okay. uh, and, and I we'll, will knock on your door in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> we'll also uh, perhaps throw it on the Facebook page, which only like eight people use, so that maybe oh, other people will check out the Facebook page. The pi- it will go up immediately on the Pirate Monk Podcast Facebook page. There you go. Maybe we'll get some more traffic to that thing yeah i mean i don't know why we would want it i just put these shows up every week but i i am able to put stuff on it so. okay all right there for we the go link. look for the link yeah look look for the link thanks michael <laughs> are back on the pirate monk podcast nice to see michael's face yeah i don't think i've seen him since uh since the retreat at two horton, years ago yeah horton here's a who yeah uh, <laughs> state park yeah he's a good guy and christina's wife is just an amazing lady so guys will get to meet him uh-huh. if they come to the retreat right we still have spots open in the uh bunk houses yeah but not a lot of spots i gotta tell you we gotta we already have far surpassed uh, last year's registration. We're going to double this year. And the quality of men have so far surpassed <laughs> last year's guys as well. Yeah. So, so we're, <laughs> we're six weeks out. we got 100 guys registered already. We have to cap it at 150. 150. So we've got 50 spots available. Oh, man. If you call now. And, and, and typically, we get 80% of our, you know, registrants in the last three weeks. So, Yeah, so just, just be aware. We don't want to leave anyone out. Yeah, so if, if you're going to come, don't, uh, yeah. And, and you can register with a deposit just to get your name in there. You don't mm-hmm. have to pay the whole thing up front. It's not mm-hmm. that expensive anyway, but you can, you can save your spot with 25 bucks. Uh, oh, you can register just by saying three nice things about Nate. He will hold your spot. <laughs> Don't tell people just because I have been guilty of that. <laughs> uh, okay, oh, it's going to be such a great time, and we've added, we've added, uh, uh, you know, we've added a couple more workshops. We're working. We have some challenges, by the way, in that the venue has made some modifications since we were there last. So, yeah, but we're going to work it out. It's we're going to work awesome. it out. Yeah. And in fact, the ways we're going to work it out, I think we're going to have more intimate discussion times than we even thought before. All right. 
So it's going to be great. Uh, That's November 1 through 3. I mistakenly said on the last episode of the podcast, November 2 through 4. I don't know how I got that in my head. Okay. It's 1 through 3. November 1st through the 3rd, the first weekend of November. 2019. uh, You will be done with Halloween. Those of you who are parents of small kids uh, will be able to leave your spouse with the children. (laughs) And tons of candy. All of the candy that's (laughs) left over from the (laughs) night before. And that's just funny to think about. Uh, (laughs) Also, we want to hear from you and include your thoughts on the show. So drop us a line. At at, uh, piratemonkpodcast at gmail.com. Nate, we're gonna we're gonna try we're gonna win this week. Okay. You're gonna close us out, but you're gonna remember what podcast this is. I was on. F- I did in addition to our two podcasts. I did two other podcasts last week. So I was on. I was on uh, Andrew Osenga's The Pivot, and I was on uh, Therapist Theater last week. So I, uh, okay, I you know what I, I don't I, know where the hell I, I don't am trust any you given then. Uh, so that's what we've got for today. I'm Aaron. I'm Nate. And this has been the Joe Rogan Experience. <laughs> Arg. <laughs>